There is one thing I know for sure as we head to this message, why I'm, why I'm here today. There's a story in the Bible. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm going to use the right word, babe. I'm not going to use the Bible word. Uh, the, it, the, the triumphal entry is what happened when Jesus came a week before Easter. Some of you know that story. And in order to come into there, he went and chose a donkey to ride it on. Now, we know donkeys don't talk. Well, in the Old Testament, they do. But we know that. But I'm using this as a, so I'm going to say the donkey said something. I fully understand donkeys don't talk, but it's a story. Okay? All right. So, so Jesus finally picks the donkey he wants to ride in on, and he's coming in, and there's a huge throng of people. And because they're coming in from all different four or five roads, and when they get there, everybody's going crazy for Jesus. And the donkey says, look at all these people celebrating me. Look at all who came to see me. How many of the people came to see Jesus? I know you came to see Jesus. It would, I'd have to have the sense of a donkey, and I'm using that, not the Bible word, the sense of a donkey to believe you came to see me. You came to see Jesus, right? Here's what I want to tell you right off the top. Whatever you do in this environment for what fellowship is to become, Because God has started something. The call on Sean and Diana's life is huge. God's going to continue to do what he does through here. But we have to make a decision early not to settle. Uh, That's just not fellowship. That's your own personal life. That's your own personal dreams. That's your own marriage. That's your own relationships that you're in that may not be the ones you need to be in. Sometimes we can be in something so long that you just settle for it. But here's what I want you to do in your best preaching voice. And I don't want you to speak or or talk to your neighbor all through the service unless I ask you to. But right now, I want you to get your best preaching voice because they need to hear somebody tell them. Look them right in the face and tell them, don't be a settler. That was good if you're not sure of that. So I need you to get your best preaching voice. Now, when I grew up, they tune you up. Mm -hmm. We ain't doing that though, but at least at least look them in the face and tell them don't be a settler. Oh, don't even settle for less. Receive God's best. Let's hit that video. Show that video. Neighbor boy. Yeah, so we're just bringing your son home. He really loves our wireless direct TV receiver. <laughs> he should know better. We're settlers. We settle for cable. But let us repay you for your troubles. Fresh milk for the journey home? We live right there. Salted meats? No, thank you. That's that. Don't be a settler. Get a $100 reward card when you switch to DirecTV. Dear, why don't we switch to DirecTV? Now, Mother, we are settlers. I've settled for cable all my life. But DirecTV has been number one in customer satisfaction over cable for 15 years. We find our satisfaction elsewhere. The boy has his stick and hoop. The girl, her faceless doll. And you have your cabbages. And you have your foot stomping. I sure do. Don't be a settler. Get a $100 reward card when you switch to DirecTV. That's going to be our signal today. See, he had his, uh, his foot stomping signified he had just given up. I'm not even going to try anymore. So I just settled for my foot stomping. So whenever you get in your life or you see somebody that's settling for a relationship they shouldn't have, 
settling for something they shouldn't be doing, settling for mediocrity, then just do like this. I'm serious. That's going to be your reminder. If you're working with somebody and say, that's too hard, I can't do it. You still got your foot stomp. How many know we're not going to be foot stompers? We're going to move today. Sorry, big idea. Don't settle for less. Receive God's best. Introduction. Number one, understand this. People do not usually choose mediocrity. They settle for it. No one gets up in the morning and says, I think I'll be middle of the road. I think I will settle for less than what I know is in my heart to do. They don't choose mediocrity. They settle for it. Because after a time, it just looks like it ain't going to get any better. How many know what I'm talking about? This looks like it ain't going to get better. So you're just trying to settle for mediocrity. They don't choose it. They settle for it. But number two, check this one out. God has already placed a desire for his plans in the human heart. Ecclesiastes says this, he, meaning God, has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people can't see the whole scope. There's something God has planted. Understand this. Whether you're saved or not this morning, I'm going to give you a chance to rectify that. God has already placed in your heart more. This is, this is, this is why when I'm preaching this message, things are going to be going to come up in you because there's something God has already placed in your heart. There's some things that you feel called to. There's some things instinctively that make you just want more. That's because God has placed in you a longing for his plan for your life. And you need to make sure that you don't settle for less than that. He's already placed that. But number three, check this out. Changing our circumstances is simple, but it's not easy. If you're looking for easy, Nothing of greatness was ever achieved easy. It's simple. And here's all you got to do. But we must make a move. I'm going to give you three movements to make today. We must make a move. I told you that I, um, it was 10 years ago, and I have a longer story than that of how we came to each other. But 10 years ago, I met Melvina. And when I was courting Melvina and trying to close the deal for her to marry me, I basically would have agreed to anything. So I said, baby, what do you want to do? If you could do anything in your life, what would you want to do? She said, I want to go to Hawaii. Cool. She said, and I want to skydive. So now we're courting. I'm saying, yes. Kidding me? Let's skydive. That, that don't, just whatever you need to do, <laughs> make up your mind. <laughs> I like it. I want to put a ring on it. You know what I'm saying? So, but now there came a time after we got married that I had to keep my word. How many know you should keep your word? And, and so we, we, we finally go skydiving. And it wasn't the greatest place to go skydiving. This place was a little older. Anyway, we went, we went skydiving. So we go through the first part of the skydiving thing where they tell you all the things that could go wrong and make you sign something. None of that's good. If you're signing something, they're saying, I want you to understand, we are not responsible for what may or may not happen. Sign the thing. So we get to the, I'm walking to the, to the plane. I'm somewhat scared. Yes. But I'm on the plane now. There's no turning back on the plane. So we get on the plane and we get ready to, 
to, to jump out, Melvina goes first, and she's just a daredevil. She just, you have, you have to kind of duck, duck walk up to where you look out of the thing, so she ducks out. It was a weird thing, because she, she jumped out, and I said, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then it was my turn. It was my turn. I had never, every step I took, I was thinking, what in the world are you doing here? Who in their, I'm taking steps right, who in their right mind jumps out of, they created planes for you not to have to fall. This doesn't make any sense. And I'm, I'm duck walking, I'm scared to death. And then I get to the door and I'm looking out. Now they told me before, they said, here's the deal. I'm going to tap you on the back. And then when I tap you on the back, that means it's time for you to jump because I was hooked to somebody. I'm not completely crazy. God bless you all that jump out with just your faith and a parachute. I'm like a faith, a parachute, and a dude that has another parachute. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, we both going down, bro. But anyway. So here's the signal. Very clear signal. Tap you on the back, you jump out. I walk to the door. Because you grab the door. You tap me on the back. And my mind said, jump. My hand said, No. I'm not joking. I'm not making any of this up. My hand said, no. I said, jump. My hand said, no. Why would you? No. I was like frozen. The guy's tapping me. <laughs> like he's riding a horse. <laughs> so here's the point, though. Finally, I recognized, even though I was scared, I had to jump. If you're not going to be a settler, here's the point. You're going to preach a little bit more. One more time. Tell that person next to you, sometimes you got to do it scared. Here's the three moves you got to make. Number one, make a choice. Everybody say, make a choice. All right, let's get some movements going. I want you to remember this. When, I, when, when, I, when we say make a choice, point to your head because your choice begins here. It's going to act out here, but your belief drives your behavior. So it starts with your belief. So make a choice. Everybody say, make a choice. Make a choice. Deuteronomy 30, that verse there, is one of the key moments in Bible history. People miss this moment. It's a key moment in Bible history. It's, it, it's on the order of God calling Abraham. It's on the order of what happened with Adam and Eve. It's that significant because what happens here is God has brought them to the point of the promised land. Milvi and I have had the privilege of being there and looking out over into the promised land. That's where they were. An incredible moment. But he brought him there for one reason. They had to make a choice. Ah, that's interesting. Because they were looking into the promises. But if they were going to go into the promise, they had to make a choice. How many know God has promised you certain things? But to go there, you got to make a choice first. So Moses is talking. And, and this is the, the book of Deuteronomy uh, really, is, is Moses' last sermons before he dies. It's really what that is. Uh, Deuteronomy comes from two words, Deuteros Namas, the second Deuteronomy's law. It's the second time Moses gives the law. Here's why. Because they had been to this place before. See, I'm, I'm talking to some people that this is the second time you've been here. But here's the great news. I'm going to get there for here's the great news, though. God gives second chances. Oh, my God. He brought him out of Egypt. 
One of the most incredible stories, there have been movies made out of it, an incredible story. God, for nine months, for nine months, the the book of Exodus, when they came out of Egypt, was not, we read it in three chapters. It was about nine months, because Pharaoh was hard-headed. Nine months, God systematically destroys every God Egypt had. Do you ever wonder why God started with one plague and got all the way down to ten? He could have just did the Passover. He did not, because he wanted to systematically destroy any other God. God, so that when Israel got into the desert, they would know there's only one God. How many know there ain't but one God? Some of this stuff God is doing in your life, he's trying to destroy everything else you're depending on. So you can depend on him, but God brings them out. They've seen God move in ways most of us have never seen him move. He, he turns water to blood. He rains fire down. Incredible. Yet he brings them to the, found, to the place where they're going to go into and they decide not to go. It decided not to go. So now they're coming back here again the second time because it's 40 years later now. And Moses is old. He's 120 years old. I don't know about you, but in the African-American community, we have some people that get about 80 or 90 and they can say whatever they want to say. Don't even get around them. They're just going to tell you there's something in your nose. They're just your mother was crazy. I mean, they'll just tell you seriously. I'm telling you, Moses is 120 now. He's like, look it, I'm not going to make it in, but let me tell you, here's what, here's what he says. Check this out. Uh, He says, Moses chapter 30, I mean, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, today I have given you the choice. Please settle that. Let's not talk destiny. Let's not talk all of the the theology about the sovereign of God or whether man has a choice. Let's just read the Bible. Today, he says, I have given you the choice. Here's the good news. You have a choice. Here's the challenge. You have a choice. Here's the choice between life and death. Now, in case you think that's talking about eternal life and eternal death, that's not what he's talking about here. Because he says between blessings and really up in the further verse, that's prosperity, fullness. And by the way, prosperity means fullness in every part of your life. That's what God wants for you. In the Western culture, we make everything about dollars. Uh, everything can't be about dollars. Because if that's the case, I personally know, they're not friends of mine, but I personally know some drug dealers that got a whole bunch of money. If it's just about money, but God does want to bless your money, but he wants to bless everything else about you. Uh, He don't want your money right, but your mind messed up. He don't want your mind right, but your marriage messed up. He don't want your marriage right, but your body messed up. He's about the fullness of what he wants to do, right? No, No, hear it. I've given you a choice. And then watch this, though. I've given you the choice. So everybody say, I got to make a choice. One more time. Make a choice. He says, now, watch this now. Oh, we missed this. Circle this, do something. He says, you'll make a choice. But here's what's going to happen after you make a choice. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. (sighs) We're in a moment right now. God doesn't deal in time. He deals in moments. Kairos is different than chronos. Chronos means time, your calendar. Kairos is moment, a time on the, it's a moment when God, and see, they were at a moment. You're at a moment right now. And God says right here at this moment, whatever decision you make, heaven and and earth will witness it. Old King James says this, and get ready for this. He says this, whatever choice you make, heaven is going to record it. 
See, we're at a moment. This is no joke. You didn't just come to church. This is serious. This is a moment that he says, I'm going to give you a chance to make a choice. And when you do, heaven's got a pin out. The moment you say, I'm choosing life, which means life in every part of me, heaven says, then let's go get it. Because there has to come agreement with what God wants to do. See, sometimes we miss it. We think hearing it is what makes the difference. No, nothing changes until I come into agreement with what God has said. We will hear what God wants, but until we come into agreement with what God says, nothing happens. How many know God already says, I want to give you life? But we have to agree with it and say, yes, I want that. Make the choice. And he says, heaven's going to record it, which means this, whatever this choice I'm going to make. And remember, nobody in their right mind is going to choose disaster or death, right? So what you going to do? Make a choice. And he says, now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. See, here's the thing. We have to get this about God. God does not get any glory out of hurting people. He says this. Moses says, I can't make the choice for you, but oh, I want you to have life. And that's the Old Testament version of it. You're going to see what happens in the New Testament. He wants you to have life. God wants you to have life. He wants you to have fullness. He, the Bible said, it is my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I have gifts for you I want to give you. I don't get pleasure till I give them to you. I want you to have what I have for you. I need you to agree that what I said you could have, you want to go get. And that means I got to do it scared. I'm ready to do some stuff, right? Number one, make a choice. Number two refuse to settle. Refuse to settle. All right. If this is make a choice, this one is refuse to settle. Do that. See, and now when you leave here, when you're around people who have heard this message, when they get ready to settle for something, you're going to say, sometimes you're going to look in the mirror and tell yourself, We're not going down that direction. Uh, Refuse to settle. Jeremiah 29. I got to set Jeremiah 20. Because Jeremiah 29, he's, he's writing to the people of God who have been taken into captivity to Babylon because they straight sinned. They had sinned, they had messed up, and now they, are, they, they were allowed to be taken into captivity. They're all messed up. They're, 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 they're getting, they're, they sinned, and they're paying the price. And God writes them a letter, and you would think that the letter would be, I told you that this was going to happen. Here's the letter. See, we read this verse, but did you know that it was written as a letter to people in captivity? Here's what God says. Uh, I know, for I know the plans I have for you. Uh, They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. Mm, Let's back that up. To people in bondage who had sinned and messed up, he says, guess what? I'm coming to get you. (laughs) See, sometimes you mess up because you mess up. And as soon as you admit that I have sinned, I have missed God, then God says, know this, I'm not leaving you out there. Even in your worst mess, I got plans for you. 
and, and the plans I have for you are not the ones you think they are. They're the plans. I know that you're in, in captivity right now, but that's not the plans I have for you. I, I, I know that you're messed up right now. That's not the plans I have for you. I know that your mind is all depressed right now, but that's not the plans I have for you. I know that your money might be messed up, but that's not the plans I have. I know that you sinned. You sinned. You got into it. It was completely your fault, but I'm still coming to get you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a future and plans to give you a hope. A while back, I went through a house remodel. Um, and if you've ever been through that, that's the closest thing of just the devil. coming here. Here's what they told me. No, oh no, I, I sit here. Check it, check it. I sat down with the, the architect, the, the, I'm sorry, the contractor, and we made plans. Here's how the house will look when you're done. And we all agreed on it, which was good. Then I said to him, now, because what they told me, said, Pastor, they said, Pastor, look, look, Pastor, when they start tearing your, when, when they start that remodel, it's going to drive you crazy. So just get, I was like, okay, cool, thank you. I'm ready, I'm straight. Bring this, you know, I'm, I'm a patient person. They said, because what they're going to do is they're going to start the kitchen and then leave it for like three weeks. I was like, you ain't met me. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> Sat down with the guy. I said, let's start in the kitchen, but let's finish it when you start. He said, sure. He started the kitchen. I saw him two weeks later. <laughs> Here's the point, though. Guys, I have plans for you. Here's where we miss it in church. The first thing they had to do with the plans is they had to rip out the old stuff. They brought in chisels, and they're just chiseling up the marble in the kitchen, and they're just pounding up walls because walls are being moved, and everything was all messy because in order for me to for him to fix what he had to fix, he had to tear something up first. In other words, something had to be removed before something else could be built. Uh-huh. And... Um, but here, here's the thing, though. I mean, others, that if you're going to make a move and refuse to settle, there's certain things you've already settled for that's got to be torn up and removed. But here's the good news. All the while he was tearing up stuff I had in mind, I got some plans. <laughs> Every now and again, I had to go look at the plans again. I said, wait a minute. Let me just let me remind myself. How many of when you get in the middle of stuff and right now your life might be messed up, but look at the end of the picture. God's plans for you are a future and a hope. Stay with pastor. Because that means if you're not there yet, he ain't finished yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. See, sometimes we think everything that happens in our life that's bad is the devil. Oh, it's the devil. No, some stuff God is ripping out because he's trying to put something better there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just remind yourself, it ain't over until God brings out his future and his hope in me. Make a choice. Refuse to settle. What's that? Shout it out at me. John 10 and 10. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking. This is Jesus Christ talking. Here's what he says. He says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Stay with me for a moment. The thief is not just, uh, he seems to say, that's the devil. Yeah, but it's not just the devil like we think he's pitchfork and horns. Uh, the thief, here's the thief. The thief is anyone or anything that's stealing or killing and destroying you. 
I don't care what their, their name is. It doesn't matter what their name is. Uh, the, the purpose is this. He says, you'll know this um, because, and that's why when God starts ripping out, how many know some of the things he has to rip out is relationships that are taking you the wrong way? You said amen on that one. Let me say it to you again. That there are some things, because don't make, don't, don't, don't doubt this. Here's, here's what we know statistically. Here's what we know statistically. You and I will be the sum total of the five people we choose to hang around with most. All you got to do is look around at who's hanging around you and see if that's who you want to be. Some stuff has got to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some stuff has got to be removed because Jesus, Jesus said that purpose, anything that's trying to steal from you, kill from you, trying to get you to do stuff you shouldn't do. Come on now. How long are you going to hang around with a person trying to get you to sin before you know that's the devil himself? Yeah, I, 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 I ain't always been saved. I know you, it looks like I have. I haven't always been saved. It looks like I, I haven't always been saved. And before I got saved, before I got saved, I smoked weed. I smoked, I smoked weed before I got saved. I did. I mean, the first time I said this when I was like 10 years ago, so I, I said it before then. But my mom was the first time she heard it because I hid it from her. I mean, it's been like, how old am I? And mom's like, what? I'm like, mom, seriously. I smoke weed. Here's what I found out. That when I got saved and gave it up, there were still some people in my life that were trying to get me to smoke weed. Now, two things happened. First of all, I told them that's not what I do. Some of them left. But others felt like it was their job to get me to smoke weed again. And how many know at that point, it's not on them, it's on you. Because he said, that's the thief's purpose. But please hear what Jesus said. Don't, don't get this twisted. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them a rich, that's you, them meaning his sheep, a rich and satisfying life. Say this, say, God wants me to have a rich and satisfying life. And we talked about life is everything about you. He wants you to have a rich and satisfying life. Sometimes we don't get that about God. That's why I'm glad that Jesus clarified what God meant when he said in Deuteronomy 30. When he said, I want you to choose life, he's saying, because here's what I want for you, a rich and satisfying life. Don't settle for less. If there's an area of your life that's not where it should be, don't settle for it yet. Don't get comfortable there because God has more for you. Refuse to settle. But lastly, and here's where the rubber meets the road. Lastly, after you, one more time, after you, Make a choice, and then you. The last thing you got to do is do it now. That's the sign. Say, do it now. Yeah. And we can start that anything from as natural as whatever has been hanging around in your life. Here's what we know about our psyche and our mind, the way the human mind is made. Anything that's left undone, whether you think about it or not, lodges itself in your subconscious. And without you knowing it, it's still messing with you. Every now and again, it'll come up. But even if it doesn't come up, it's there messing with you. Whatever needs to happen needs to happen now. And and, and Hebrew says this. Hebrew says, God set a certain day, calling it what? Calling it what? Today. So he says, the only thing God moves in is a today right now. Today. And he says, today, if you hear his voice. There's a promise lodged in there. The promise is you're going to hear God's voice. 
Uh, here's what he said in John 10. My sheep hear my voice. When you hear that voice, that's the most precious thing you can get from God. Because there's people who go in and out and never hear, never move. But you can make a choice. You can refuse to settle. But you got to do what you're going to do now. He said today. Today. He said a certain day. Here's your certain day. Your certain day is today. If you're here as a part of fellowship church, whatever your next step is, you need to make that choice today. Right now, if you've never been in a growth track, take advantage of everything, but you got to do it today. Because here's what he says. If you hear my voice, do it today. Because there's never a more anointed time, there's never a more freeing time than right now when God's presence is in the room. When he's speaking to you about what you need to do next. That's why if you don't do it now, it lessens when you leave here. When you, when you leave here, you may or may not think about it, but right now you've got not only the power of God, you've got this whole group walking, you've got God's heart, God's voice speaking to you saying there's so much more for you. And I just need you to take just the next step. I ain't saying conquer the world, but what's next for you? Have you done the growth track? Okay, you need to join the dream team. Because although the growth track feeds you, the dream team, you get to serve somebody else. So I, I, I need you to serve because the Bible said if you're going to be great, you serve. So I want to be great. How about you? So yeah, yeah. And, and once you do that, okay, but the last step, the another step, though, is you need to take a step into small groups. Because although the growth track, track speaks into you and the dream team, you get to serve somebody else. Your small group is when you're feeding each other. And for some of us, nothing's going to happen until we take that next step. You've got to hear God and you've got to do what you're going to do. Now, listen to this. Here's a phrase I read. The only difference between those who do it, whatever the it is, and those who don't do it, are those who do it, do it now. Run by one more time. See, so how that person do all that? How they jump? The only difference between those who do it and those who don't do it are those who do it, do it now. That's why I'm telling you, do it now. Whatever's in your heart to do, do it now. If you don't know the Lord, you think you're here by accident? You're here because God needs to tell you, I'm calling you. I'm drawing you. You've been hearing me for a moment or two, but now you're sitting in the presence of God and he's saying, do it now. When you leave here, it may not be on you. The conviction is not there. The grace of God calling you, you're leaving. But right now while you're here, if God's calling you, it's because he's got something for you to do. Do it now, though. Do it now. Don't put it off because the only difference between those who do it and those who don't do it is those who do it, do it now. Number one, we're going to make a choice. Number two, we're going to. And number three, would you bow your heads for just a moment?